Hello and welcome to Talking Europe. My guest today is a key figure in the Spanish government on climate and energy issues. Teresa Ribera has been the Minister for Ecological Transition since 2018 in Spain's socialist-led governments. And from 2008 to 2011, she was Secretary of State for Climate Change. Uh, she's worked closely with Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez, and she helped to draft the Socialist Party's programme uh, for the 2015 parliamentary election in Spain. Teresa Ribera is also the third Vice President of the Spanish Government. Thank you so much for being our guest. My pleasure. And thanks for hosting us in this very beautiful residence of the uh, Spanish embassy in Paris. So let's start with the uh, protests by farmers across Europe and particularly in Spain. Uh, there's a big protest planned for February the 21st. Uh, how are you going to respond to this? We are trying to respond with uh, the tools that uh, matter in this case, ensuring that there is a good dialogue to better understand where the problems may be and how we can help to solve these problems. Because in fact, when we look into the situation, we realize that the main problems for farmers in Spain are linked to droughts, are linked to the fact that uh, it is a population that is growing up in terms of uh, aging, but not so much in terms of new people joining the activity. And in terms of um, how, how they are rewarded, how, how much they get in return because of their activities. Th that's so. a key point, that last one, because they're saying that there is actually a law which should uh, give them fair prices for their goods, but that supermarkets are not paying them fair prices. Uh, are you doing anything to, to make sure that those, those rules are enforced? That's the fair point that we should be taking into consideration. How effective is, is being applied this, this law? And this is part of what my colleague, the Minister of Agriculture, is working with them. So to ensure that the services that follow up, how the prices are shaped and how they, they, um, they, they provide real data on, uh, on what it is going on, uh, is taken into consideration to find whoever who, who does not take into consideration the application, the implementation of the law. And uh, I think that this is going to be very important, as well as I said, the response to, to these dramatic uh, droughts that uh, they are suffering uh, since three years ago. We have been providing some measures to provide a, um, comfort in terms of uh, earnings, in terms of incomes in the, in the last years. But the fact is that uh, uh, this will be the third year with terrible crops. And on the drought, uh, Catalonia has just declared a drought emergency in February. This is not happening in summer, it's, it's now, in winter. Yes, it's after three years of drought. So we, na we now need to take into consideration that we need to invest much more in the adaptation plans to climate change dealing with water. How much we can invest so to ensure that we can add non-conventional resources of water because we are much more effective in avoiding leakages in the infrastructure because we are able to, to invest in new uh, sources of water, so desalinated water or reutilized water. And this is what we are doing everywhere in Spain. But it's true that there was a lack of investment in this, in this uh, particular infrastructure in Catalonia. The additional thing is that we need to think in a plan B. What if uh, the drought takes uh, so long that uh, we don't have uh, time to, 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 to count into this additional water? 
I just want to come back for a second to, to the farmer's question, though, uh, from a European perspective, because the European Commission has made some concessions in the last few weeks. It withdrew the pesticides regulation, and it has also omitted farmers from the CO2 target of 2014. Uh, 2040. Do you think those two measures are, are the right way, or is this compromising the Green Deal? I think that we should not... Um compromise, we should not avoid the compromise on the Green Deal. I think that it is important to show to what extent the Green Deal is a safeguard for farming. But at the same time, I think that we need to be much more serious and engaged in the conversation with the farming sector. I think that there are things that are difficult to be implemented and that need to come along with concrete policies to support this transformation. And we have been talking a lot about energy transition and just transition working with workers and working with companies so to facilitate the energy transformation. But we have not heard so much about how the different institutions at the European level, at the local level, at the national level, should be working with uh, farming. In fact, agriculture and the primary sector is the most impacted by climate change impacts. And uh, it is uh, under the pressure to, to, to facilitate the transformation in the way they produce or in the way they, they earn their, their living. So I think that it is fair to say that we need to pay attention to that. D despite all that you've just said, it's clear that these farming protests have become a kind of lightning rod for all kinds of anti-Green Deal political forces across Europe. What does that mean for the European election of June this year? I think it is a real danger. I think we do not um, uh, we do not assess sufficiently well the uh, the benefits of uh, having a project in common in Europe, how we can cope with the different challenges, thanks to the fact that we can work united, that we can respond united. Of course, declining uh, each of these main headlines uh, with local wording and with local policies, but we we identify how we can work together in a much more effective manner. And uh, the, what we hear is uh, a kind of contestation that uh, turns back to uh, unmake the European project. And that, I think, is dangerous. Speaking of unmaking the European project, when you hear Donald Trump uh, talking about Russia doing whatever the hell it wants, I think that was the word he used, uh, what does that make you think? That, that makes me think that we need more Europe against Trump, and Trumpist uh, in the world, and against Putin. I don't think that any of the member states of the European Union could work sufficiently well alone with, uh, without uh, their colleagues with the Putins and the Trumps in the world uh, surrounding Europe. More Europe for you, I suppose, means more energy independence, and you do have this project with Portugal and France called H2MED to provide uh, hydrogen exports. Uh, what's the latest you can tell us on that project? What it is uh, very interesting is to see how providing different options, different alternatives, makes more resilient the whole European Union. So what we saw in the previous crisis is that in the, in the, uh, in the Ukraine invasion, during the Ukraine invasion, is that being isolated did not facilitate counting on alternatives. Rebalancing global and local through a much more uh, updated uh, strategic autonomy for Europe is important also in the energy field.
and producing hydrogen and transporting hydrogen and ensuring that there are um, off-takers coming from the industry, from the transportation, so to produce fertilizers, to produce uh, steel, could be a very good way to invest in a much more industrial and, uh, and, and effective Europe in, in economic terms. And what we have done is to identify who may be interested in being part of this project of uh, connecting the south of Europe uh, towards the north of Europe to produce and export hydrogen to be used for industrial or transportation uh, purposes. For the time being, what we see is a huge interest also uh, in the north of Europe. So we need to, to invest, to design the, in, the, in the most uh, sustainable and secure way this, uh, this backbone, these infrastructures. I want to ask you about what imp one important issue in Spain at the moment. Your government seems to be really stuck on this amnesty law, uh, possible amnesty for uh, Catalan separatists. If the pro-independence party junts withdraws its support. What's your plan then? Well, um, it could be a pity because I think that uh, this was a very sincere proposal to, to invest in a much more united uh, way to overcome uh, the conflict that we had to suffer in seven years ago, yes, in 2017. 2017. Uh, but uh, our intention is to keep on governing. It could be a, a pity not only for uh, those that uh, we had been claiming for this law uh, from the political institutions, but also for many citizens that feel the, the threat of uh, uh, having participated in the organization of this referendum and so on and so on. So I think that uh, it is a mistake. It is a political mistake coming from June's, but uh, well, that, that's, that's what figures so, and we will be working as a government uh, in the other fields that uh, require our attention and trying to identify other elements, other policies that uh, could help to, to build this reconciliation in Catalonia. So, so are you feeling the instability? I mean, there was a long period of uncertainty in Spanish politics. You, you don't exclude then having new elections if, if all this goes wrong? No, I exclude having new elections. I don't, I don't think that uh, there is an alternative today in the parliament. I don't think that there is a, I mean, there is a contestation of the far right and the right with no proposal uh, uh, to rule the government in an alternative manner, but just making noise and saying no to everything. So it's true that we don't like this polarization, but this is not the only case in the world. And for the time being, I think that there is no alternative majority in the parliament and not even a, uh, an intention to, to convene new elections. We'll end it there. Thank you so much for being my guest. Uh, Teresa Ribera, Minister for Ecological Transition in the Socialist-led government in Spain. That's all for part one. I'll be back in part two with my panel of MEPs at the European Parliament, and we'll be discussing the main issues affecting the Benelux countries. So do stay with us.